I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome on in. You're listening to 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Time to talk a little college football with one of our favorites, Brian Fisher, college football writer at uh, College Football on Fox, also host of the Head Coach U podcast. Brian, how you doing? Hey, Brian. Good to be on with you guys. I'm doing well. Yeah, it's look, great to hear from you. Look at you, multi-talented. We think of you and think college football, but you're in Vegas catching a little college hoops, right? It is. It is March, and so uh, you know, as part of my uh, my deal with Fox, obviously we're, we're doing a bunch of uh, coverage here with all the conference tournaments, and uh, it, it's a great time of the year. No matter whether you're particularly more of a college football fan, uh, I think everybody kind of has their special place in their heart for uh, this month and, and what it means on the hard court. When did you find out George Klyovkov would not be made available? Uh, you know, I actually asked about that uh, a couple weeks ago and, and kind of got rebuffed. I think that was kind of my, my first sign that, that we would not kind of have that, that state of the conference uh, kind of presser that we typically have at these types of events. You know, we, we do uh, tend to get most of the Power Five commissioners will speak at least informally uh, a little bit, but uh, it does seem like uh, kind of uh, things are kind of staying on the down low, I guess, uh, here in Vegas. All right. So, Brian, we live in a world of instant reaction whether it's the talking heads on whatever you know network you want to watch or us in sports radio i mean i'll put us in that category and certainly on twitter we see things we hear things and it immediately it's the greatest thing in the world or it's the world's coming to an end so take a step back from all of the noise just how dire is the situation in the pac-12 right now well, I think Dyer would, would uh, be putting it uh, – that, that might be a little strong uh, in terms of the wording there. The uh, CEOs met yesterday in Vegas. I'm told those, those conversations were pretty productive. I, I think there could be something uh, you know, kind of in the next couple of weeks in terms of the media rights front. But um, you know, the, the problem you know, really that the Pac-12 has been dealing with, and, and a lot of it was frankly caused by you know, kind of Big 12 jumping the line, is – uh, you know, they kind of thought that there would be a ton of bidders and, and interest in, in these rights. And, um, you know, when you only have a couple of people at the table, that, that's kind of hard to drive up the price. And I think that's, what, you know, initially what the uh, conference was, uh, you know, really focused on and hoping for. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a different economic climate, even, even from six months ago. And so I think that uh, is, is weighing a bit heavy and, and probably a, a big driver in terms of why these things are uh, taking a little bit longer than I know certainly the fans and even the administrators across the conference would, would, would have hoped to, to have had. Brian, do you read much into that conference commissioner not being there? Do you think that there's a deeper meaning to that? I, I don't. Uh, I, I think that is just kind of the, the preference, uh, but you know, by the conference and, and, and their strategy. But I, I do think it's a bit misguided, um, and and I think the. 
whole thing about, uh, you know, providing leadership in these situations, even if you don't have something to say, you know, there, there is something to be said to kind of being reassuring to, to fans and, and administrators out there, given just kind of all the noise uh, that, that is out there. And I think there's kind of the ultimate uh, thought that, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, those final numbers, that the, the, the overall deal, everything that will eventually come out, uh, we'll, we'll do the talking for them. But, um, you know, in, in, in the media environment that we currently find ourselves in, uh, I, I think that's a little bit misguided. And, and I think it would, would serve the Pac-12 uh, a lot better if, uh, you know, George can kind of came out and, and uh, certainly not only addressed the media, even if there's maybe not uh, not the kind of update that fans are, are hoping to hear, at, at least kind of settle the nerves uh, around the conference. Because it seems like um, I, some around the league are, are certainly feeling things, just given all the rumors that are flying around right now. Do you feel like uh, a new TV deal with the Pac-12 will also include expansion, San Diego State, and and uh, SMU most likely? I, I would think so. Uh, I think that you know you kind of have those conversations in parallel, uh, even though you know ultimately what will come first is those media rights agreements, and the Pac-12 has been very insistent on that. Uh, you know, ultimately, uh, I think that's kind of the, been typical typical of the cadence. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, conference expansion in, in the past, I, I think they've done their due diligence. They're, they're certainly not quite at the uh, uh, process where, where they're going to be handing out invitations or anything like that. But um, you know, I think they're pretty far down the road where they're at least comfortable with their options. Now, are those the greatest options in, in the world? No, but uh, this is kind of where, where the conference finds itself. And, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be navigating that, uh, I think, kind of almost in parallel. Uh, and, and you're going to probably see uh, a pretty quick succession of, of uh, announcements over the next uh, six months or so. Brian, I can't imagine the lack of trust there is now in the Pac-12. I have to imagine everybody is kind of in their room worrying about themselves and less about each other, where USC blindsided so many, at least. That's what it's certainly come across to me as me, as I've talked to more and more people that are on the inside of things. With that lack of trust, are you ever going to get these guys to sign anything with any type of length of agreement in in uh, in standing firm in that conference? Well, you know, I think media media deals are typical drivers of, of conference realignment. So, uh, you know, there, there's not necessarily all that much out there, especially if, uh, you know, given the, the transition the Big Ten is going through with a new commissioner coming in, you know, that there's really not uh, much, much out there in terms of the next five or six years. Now, if you're talking about, uh, you know, is there going to be a long-term deal presented, something like that? I think that would be uh, certainly raise a few more eyebrows around it. But I think everybody kind of understands where the window is and, and are at least comfortable with, a medium to kind of short-term deal and, and moving forward with that. And, you know, it, it is interesting, you know, you talk with people around the, the Pac-12 and, and there is that kind of real sense of camaraderie. You know, everybody has preached, you know, that all, all the 10 remaining schools are you know together and, and all that. But, uh, you know, at the same time, as, as we have seen, not just with USC and UCLA, but um, really in, in all these conference realignment scenarios, everybody does end up looking out for themselves. So that, that is something always to, uh, to keep in mind. And, you know, frankly, from, from a uh, governance perspective, that's uh, ultimately what the president and, and athletic directors are, are really tasked to by, by their university systems. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, 
but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. So the Florida State Athletic Director mentioned that, hey, look, this isn't sustainable. We've got to find a way to increase our revenue. Uh, how ironclad is that grant of rights with the ACC? And at most, would it lead to um, maybe uneven distribution in that conference? Is that where they're heading? I, I think there is definitely some some huge groundswell there in the ACC for, for just that thing, and, and we've already seen you know Clemson's AD has, has kind of made similar remarks. Um, you know, North Carolina's AD came out yesterday uh, and, and kind of voiced the same. And so the, the heavy hitters in the ACC are, are making their position known and uh, drawing the line in the sand. And I think ultimately there's probably going to be something along those lines, uh, some, some some changes moving forward, and whether that's maybe keeping CFP revenue uh, to to themselves or, or something along those lines. I think you definitely see uh, a rejiggering of, of that split coming out of the ACC because, you know, frankly, it, it, it under, it's understandable uh, why why they are making those advances. As much as you know, people want to talk about uh, being in a, in a league with uh, even members and all that. Uh, you know, the, the value that Boston College brings is, is, is a lot different from Florida State. So, um, you know, they're making that push. Maybe that can help close the gap a, a little bit in some areas. And, you know, frankly, the ACC is doing as much as they can kind of around the margins to kind of grow those revenues. And, and we'll see ultimately what uh, what Jim Phillips and the, and the crew there in uh, Charlotte uh, have, have in mind in terms of the, the timeline. But but I do anticipate uh, something along those lines and changing the revenue distribution for the ACC uh, in the not-too-distant future. Well, as far as Pac-12 basketball is concerned, UCLA's had a pretty darn good season. Arizona, obviously very solid. Outside of UCLA and Arizona, how many NCAA bids do you think reside in the Pac-12? I, I think there's probably three. Uh, you know, a pretty, pretty decent chance that, uh, you know, USC, even if they were to kind of go out in the first round, would probably be in. Now, they're, they're probably not going to be a great seed. You know, maybe there's that potential for, for even going to the first four depending on what happens elsewhere around the country. But um, yeah, I think there, there's a pretty solid three. And then I think there is an opportunity, whether it's Oregon, Arizona State, if they can enhance their resume here in Vegas, um, you know, they, they've got a chance to, to be the fourth. But it might be a, uh, you know, where you kind of got to make a run and, and maybe lose close in the semis or something like that. But uh, both those programs do have work left to go. But uh, I think there is the opportunity for you know, the Pac-12 to emerge with four bids, which considering it's kind of been a down year out west, I think that's a pretty solid outcome if you're the conference office or one of the schools. I, uh, I'll i be down there here tomorrow. I call games for Utah State, and uh, the Mountain West is hoping to get three or four. Do you think that's in the realm of possibility? Yeah, I, I think that I, I know just uh, talking with some, some folks over the Mountain West, they're, they're very confident in, in three. And, uh, you know, depending on what shakes out, but certainly in, in some of those, uh, you know, semifinal, quarterfinal type of games, uh, you know, I, I think the Mountain West has, has an opportunity. And, you know, it's just a, such a weird year uh, for the bubble. Uh, yeah, I, I think I was talking with some, some folks that, uh, you know, have gone through the, the typical committee process and uh, they, they don't envy the folks that are uh, putting the bracket together this year. You know, there is such a, just such a nebulous between those kind of middle tier power five teams and, uh, you know, sorting through them is going to be difficult, but that does open the door for a league like the Mountain West to, to maybe steal a bit here or two, um, you know, especially if you know you look at some of those other conference tournaments and the favorites end up winning, you know, like a Charleston or somebody like that, um, you know, that definitely helps a, a conference like the Mountain West case. 
We so, oh, sorry, go ahead. So, Brian, as you kind of picture the Big 12 coming up here next basketball season, obviously Scotty and I have a lot of interest in it because BYU is going to be a part of it. Now you look at it with Central Florida, Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU. I would say in a, in a short term you're going to be taking Texas and Oklahoma out of it. But let's just say Texas and Oklahoma out of the Big 12, those four new additions – where does BYU fit in that conference, in your opinion? Well, you know, certainly from a, from a basketball standpoint, you know, it, it's a difficult time to kind of join the, the, the Big 12 in, in, in groups just because of, you know, the, the strength of the programs. Um, you know, you, you got to understand that, um, yes, there are some transitions going on at, at Texas Tech and in Texas with uh, likely new coaches coming in uh, to both those spots. But, uh, you know, you look at – Obviously, Kansas continues to do their thing time after time. They actually just announced uh, you know, some, some big renovations out on the field house and a lot of the facilities. So you understand the money is there you know, for Kansas to kind of keep this thing rolling under Bill Self. you got uh, Baylor, obviously, uh, you know, rolling. They have a, I think a really good shot at uh, winning the tournament this week. So it's just, you, you add Houston to that mix, which is going to be in line for the number one seed. And really, it's kind of playing a home game if they can make it to the final four. It's just a tough basketball league. And, and then, uh, you know, a little bit things more wide open, I, I would say, in terms of uh, you know, football and, and, and some of the other sports uh, in terms of BYU's perspective. But in basketball, they're going to kind of look at uh, kind of being humbled, I, I think, early on. It's, uh, they can't make the, the early progress because it's, it's going to be an adjustment playing into a league like that where you cannot take a, a weekend off. You know, the, the teams are just that good. And really – Anybody can, can beat anybody, and I think that uh, has proven to be the case this year in, in such a deep pick 12. Well, we certainly appreciate your time. Enjoy uh, the, uh, the the vibe down there in Vegas. Uh, always great. I love conference tournament week. Always a lot of fun, and I uh, look forward to catching up again here soon. We'll be watching you, Brian. Absolutely. Sounds good, guys. Brian Fisher, college football writer uh, for Fox, uh, and this week taking a stab at some college hoops, too. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.